0: we are hot this is pbf podcast 11 this is a a follow-on to podcast that uh, I did earlier talking about Kenosha Uh, brought a little bit of a smee on board and uh, not a team guy not a team guy would you like to say hello what's up uh, friends and family Uh, Yeah,
1: I wanted to come on, wanted to kick some uh,
0: tactics,
1: uh, digest a little bit of what happened last night with that shooting, the fallout. Um, R10 R10 did a great job today, kind of just giving the facts, and I I think that it's important that, you know, those of us that have military backgrounds, tactical backgrounds, shooting backgrounds, people that are passionate about personal security, um, I believe that it's very important that we digest some of these um, situations together. We talk about them, uh, not only for your personal safety, but also when you articulate some of your arguments uh, with a lot of these movements, um, a, a lot of the accusations are baseless. And I think it's time we, uh, we, we, we kick this shooting while it's relevant now. We talk about it uh, from what we know. And there's still a couple of unknowns, but I'm ready to do it if you are
0: yeah definitely uh one of the things that i did leave out this morning because when i was doing my research i didn't find a video or anything to confirm but it does appear that he was tased prior to the vehicle as well we do know that he was carrying a knife and the police were telling him to put down the knife so he went from a state of being tased, stood up, going towards the vehicle, carrying a knife in his hand. I don't know, you know, when the officers were wrestling with him prior to that, if so we uh, have, he had the knife out So outbinned. we have some
1: background. Uh, I was able to get some background, uh, some insider perspective, uh, if you will. I'm not going to reveal my sources, but... So he was carrying a carabit. Um, he wasn't just carrying a knife. I mean, obviously, and you know, any, any knife is a deadly weapon. But if you're familiar with how you know, you're designed to use a carambit, bit. Um, it's a very, very effective wep- weapon.
0: Um, Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I'm sure there's some well, people who the, don't know. Well, the, the
1: understanding, you know, the, the point that I'm the point that I'm trying to get at is, is we observe what these two videos that we have, right? Before we we go into this this period where you see a governor tweeting, Um, the governor literally tweets and and basically, you know, puts his officers out to dry. Um, It's very clear to me that they have an internal communications channel that must have articulated the fact that this man was carrying at least one deadly weapon on him. He actively had it. And now we finally have our, you know, we finally have a new perspective that's, You know been leaked from the other side of the vehicle where you you observe him. He had just been tased. He's on the ground He's you know, he's actively resisting these officers. Okay And in this scene you observe two children running around and three other women. So you know, there's this argument going around and this you know, this escalation of force or de-escalation of force and, you know, there's this argument going around like, how could those four cops not have controlled him or taken him down? You know, the understanding that when you are in a dynamic situation, you know, any of my, any of my law enforcement friends, cop buddies, I, I grew up in a, in a family that, you know, has a, a big law enforcement background. And some of the, the most charged dynamic and deadly situations for law enforcement are domestic violence situations. That's where your emotions are running the highest. You're out of control. You have blood rage. You know, it's not this premeditated murder, you know, cool guy, this is where everybody is completely off their chains. Men, women, there's family members running around, and what you now see from the opposite side of the vehicle is that situation. You see You see officers that are struggling to control a suspect and at their feet, okay? At their feet is a child on a bicycle. I mean three feet away from this man that has a knife that is resisting arrest. And you hear the women in the scene screaming, Mama, get away from there. And their child is at the feet of the situation. I don't care. Who you are? When you put a kid in that situation, you know, and and, and that's what you know. When I'm a, when I'm an officer, I'm I'm looking at that problem. You know, maybe one, you know, maybe one, you know, one guy's over here and he's handling uh, Jacob, and then I have a kid at my feet, okay, on a on a bicycle, and then I have this lady that's screaming at me. So, those of you that are in the military, uh, any of you that have had, ever had the joy of listening to women and children wail after you hit a compound and you have 20 women and children that are (laughs) not having a good time because all the male members of their household just got smoked. You know, anybody who's ever dealt with that situation or or ever sat you know, outside to manage them or TQ or or run bio on them, right? Anybody that's ever dealt with that knows how dynamic that is with with that many people that are involved, screaming, crying, doing whatever. And that's what we see. We have that clear picture. We know exactly, because we have the video and it's clear, it's 100%. Jacob's on the ground. He's just been hit with a taser. There's obviously been an escalation of force. He's not... Compliant and the the second point that I need to bring into this um, that I believe is very important is the fact that he has already whether or not he 's been convicted of this crime he has already been charged with a weapons crime against an officer against a police officer and he's already assaulted a police officer so you have to understand that when you're going into the situation and the suspect is known that his car is there that you've ran a plate that you know this this is the man that you're taking into custody this guy already has that charge against him he's already used a deadly weapon in a crime he's already used a gun in a crime so there's this argument going around on the internet that's. it's a a very interesting argument stating that, hey, it doesn't matter what he had done before, right? It didn't matter that he had assaulted a police officer years ago or, you know, aimed a a gun at somebody in a bar. That doesn't matter, you know. Um, Yeah,
0: the magazine fell out in the bar, so it's okay. Anybody that's
1: ever shot a competition (laughs) might have done that once or twice by accident, but, you know. uh, But but, but that's... I I think that it's a very important point is that when you are armed with that information, right, when you're armed with that information as an officer of the law, you absolutely have to take that into account. Every single situation is different. People are like, well, we talk about George Floyd, right, uh, the, you know, the argument that there was going around in George Floyd was, you know, he had pointed a, you know, he had pointed a handgun into the stomach of a pregnant lady during an armed robbery, right? And, and and people don't oh, yeah, want to yeah. talk about that in reference to you know how the police took him into custody. Well, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Maybe we'll find out one day if they did know that he had committed that crime before, but felons have to register when they go places. I mean, when you have an yeah. idea, it's, it's not that I think you're a shitbag or that you're a bad person or that I'm going to shoot you no matter what. It's the fact that you've already been violent against the police in your life or against somebody in your life and I'm absolutely going to be prepared to take things to that level of violence. Breaking that down, we watch them come around the video and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you right now that those officers exercised such restraint. No one is talking well, that's about one the thing- restraint that, the, they, that they exercised and, and this is again a child children at their feet right women screaming in the background knowing your target and beyond and you know I, I i see a lot of cop shooting videos every once in a while where they take shots at people and you you're watching the video and you look behind them and there's you know a crowd of people behind them and you're like yo bullets keep on going <laughs> you know like you guys you know there's yeah. there's some things that you know they you know in the heat of the moment they do that you're just like damn that's not That may be a justified shooting, but I don't know if I would have taken that shot just because you might hit somebody that's innocent behind them. And the whole point is, is protecting innocent life, right?
0: So I think a couple of things too, I think it's important too, like number one on the taser. You know, it's not as if, if somebody is tased, you don't want to grab them. You don't grab somebody that's tased. So that's also putting some constraints on the guy. And number two, Uh, Along the lines of his background is there was an active warrant for this guy that was issued back in July Related to a sexual assault. Yeah absolutely another thing that um, You know one of the things that I, I keep hearing people say is like he you know that that somehow this is the cops fault because his kids were in the vehicle No as a father. It's his responsibility to protect his kids If he's putting things at risk or putting life at risk it's because he knows the warrant is on him and so he's going to risk his kids lives potentially for this I think it it says something there in that sense And and I think one thing too that a lot of people don't realize as well is how often or I guess the lack of how often officers even draw their weapons you know police officers it's not something that's very common for them to draw their weapons and then to be put in a situation where you're shooting someone because you're hearing this oh why'd they fire seven shots you know in that heat of that moment when your adrenaline's going and things like that it's not as if you're going to regulate particularly if if you haven't even trained on shooting that often you know you hear from a lot of officers that they maybe go out shooting once a year just to get qualified
1: uh, absolutely and that you know something that that I appreciate very much is um, I appreciate and w- when I say this, I'm a fan of good police. I'm not a fan of bad police. I have been a victim of bad police. Um, I think a lot of people have, I think a lot of dudes in the military sometimes get a bad rep when they, you know, encounter a police officer and they're drunk in Pacific Beach or something. You know, there's. You know, there's the occasional uh, <laughs> you know there's the occasional problem that you have but but that being said, having a million different scenarios and situations that officers handle and deal with on a daily basis where you have to take your aggression and your adrenaline and your focus from a situation where you have a car wreck that you're just moving a car off the side of the road. And you pull over a speeding driver, and then you're getting into a gunfight. And there's this mentality that's difficult to maintain. That's one of those situations that you know again, deadly force is a last resort, and it, it's not only for personal protection, but it's also to protect and save innocent life. And I think I think a kind of a lead into the to the next point that I'm going to get at. Um, so we know that you have a database that already you know you know not only the end kick the, the national national law enforcement database but a lo- you know many many departments have local de- almost you know every department's got a local database as well but you know you have an idea that this guy is going to be violent against police obviously they responded i think with the right number of officers but now you're in a neighborhood with a whole bunch of people and uh, you know this mentality that you know you you could immediately see the mentality in that neighborhood of what they look at police the second they shoot him. Why'd you do that? You, you hear them say, you, you, it, it's this huge hooping and hollering and it's like obviously nobody wants to see anybody get shot in your neighborhood, but if you are willing to have your children in the middle of a police melee, you don't respect the police. That's the, that's the environment that they're walking into. And that's fine. Maybe those guys didn't deserve respect in that neighborhood. Maybe we don't know what goes on in that neighborhood. But but the bottom line is, when you examine that and you look at it, okay, this guy doesn't respect the police. We already know that he's fought the police. We already know he's done something with a deadly weapon. He has an active warrant for his arrest. We still don't know the real reason why the police are there, whether it's serving the warrant or it was a domestic a separate domestic violence call. But now what we
0: well, because the neighbors were saying that there, he was there to break up some kind of argument between two women, but who knows?
1: Exactly. Who does know? I mean, he's breaking an argument, two women, and then the cops are arresting him. That doesn't seem right to me. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they just yeah. got lucky, though. Maybe they did realize he had a warrant. Maybe that was. Maybe they did recognize that. Maybe he was there doing good thing. Maybe he was breaking up a fight. But he's got a warrant for you know felony, you know sexual assault out on him. That doesn't. That doesn't change the fact yeah. that that officer has a duty to arrest you.
0: Uh, well, yeah. So we. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you don't know. You, it's it's not as if you know when you're approaching the situation that suddenly the guy who posts photos, you know. Of uh, cops as pigs and demons, and has a very horrible history. All of a sudden, decided to be a good Samaritan. You know, you're going to the situation based upon your knowledge well, of what is there, and you're trying to survey the environment and make the best decision. It's kind of
1: what, and, and when I'm when I'm talking about the restraint that these guys exercised, they deployed a taser. Tasers suck; they don't work that great. People are always like, "Man, why, why didn't they tase him? Why didn't they? Why didn't they hit him with a billy club?" <laughs> uh well you know you know there's always this like you know this escalation of force question that you know the second there is a, a justified shooting there there o- there always is this argument that again the the point that i'm getting at into the tactics right there's always this argument that people say about this escalation of force they already deployed the taser right it didn't work the man has a karambit that he's actively holding—it's one of the most effective melee weapons. It's one of the best striking weapons. If anybody's ever seen one, I think it's—you know—it comes from—it's an Indonesian or Malaysian knife. Uh, it's an older design, but but the way that it's designed to, to strike quickly with—it has a very sharp point and it's curved. Um, and if you're close with—if you're close in with a karambit, you could literally. As as a as a uh, of slashing weapon, as a lot of people are, are taught, when you hit somebody in the armpit and you rip outward, you disable their arm. Um, different ways that I've learned how to use it: striking people in, in in a knee or behind a knee. So, very quickly, you can be disabled with that knife. Obviously, anybody that knows how to use a knife, it doesn't, you know, there's you, you can use a screwdriver and do the same thing. But the point I'm trying to get at is sure. They exercised too much restraint for their personal safety and the safety of those children. They let him, and this is what I'm saying about, I see them to be more commendable in attempting to settle that situation without using deadly force. They let him march around that car, right? They gave him an opportunity to stop. He had multiple opportunities to stop what he was doing. All he had to do was drop that knife. That's all, That's it. That's, that's all that was required of that situation. Drop that knife. Because you know that that cop didn't shoot him up until the point to where the situation had gotten so out of control. But every single step of the way, he had an opportunity. This, this isn't the argument like, um, this isn't an argument like he didn't comply so he deserves to die. No he didn't comply and then he did something that required deadly force to be exercised and he's not dead
0: well one thing too uh, a lot of people (laughs) I've heard this too this just shows that police need more training and if anything they seem pretty well trained with the response that they had they they
1: may have I, I tell you what I would discipline um, one of my, I'll leave this ambiguous, but what service I'm in, I would discipline somebody that I worked with if we got into a um, situation where we entered a house and there was somebody with a knife and they didn't shoot him as fast as they possibly could within that close of a distance. It's like, hey man, drop the knife. You don't drop the knife, I'm shooting you. Boom, dead, you're dead, you're dead. Just like that. Now obviously our situations are a little bit different in the military. You know, when we talk about rules of engagement or doing hard hits or all the stuff that goes behind it and like most of the time you know like, man, there's probably gonna be five shitheads in this house. So if a dude's got a knife, I have no problem dropping him. Law enforcement's way different. We're not just gonna, they just don't randomly shoot people. Yeah. But, but when you look at the that situation where that guy's placed how effectively he could have struck that officer so fast how he could have how he could have hurt one of those kids and
0: that's, sure. and that's
1: and that's the point i'm trying to get at again is is that we have these guys now that are aware we're living in a time that there is no you know any any sniff of police brutality any little odor of it is going to cause an extreme and unjustified, or you know, maybe justified response, but there's many unjustified things that take place when we see a rioting that's going on, and Antifa and BLM teaming up. But, but what we see is, we see a group of people exercise restraint, we see a man that is hell-bent on something, we don't see what he reaches for behind the door, and that kind of is going to get me to another point about shooting somebody in the back, right? Cops aren't allowed to shoot somebody in the back unless there's an immediate um, threat to life or limb, right? So there's been weird case law where there's been a dude running away with a gun and he gets shot in the back and there's this, there's always this big, there's always this big to do about it. Um, but what happens when he turns around with that gun and, and he, he takes a shot back at the officer? It's okay to shoot him then, right? But as he's running away, you can't shoot him in the back. So a lot of officers are hesitant to do that, right? And I don't want you to be hesitant to do that in a situation. This man gets in that vehicle, he runs over your partner, then you just killed your partner. You know, this man gets in a vehicle and he goes 120 on the freeway and he kills his kids that are in the car when he crashes, you just killed those children by not preventing him from doing that. So... Certainly not a law enforcement officer. I certainly don't. I have very little law enforcement training. You never want to see me handle detainees. Um, so don't <laughs> don't come to me for advice for that. But when you know, <laughs> I, I I guarantee you, right? If you would have shot him when he was on the exterior of that vehicle, if you would have shot him, there would have been. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if there wouldn't have been a ride or not, right? But if.
0: I'm sorry, there, there would have been what? There may
1: not have been a riot last night. There may not be a okay. riot tonight in, in uh, you know, Southern California. Okay. So, it, it's well, dude, happening. Yeah, it's and happening to that right point, now. too. It is happening right now as we speak.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I should actually, that link I sent you, I should put it into the uh, the telegram just so. Oh, I, you know what? I, I put one of the videos from Lafayette at the gas station in there, but let me see what else I've got. Um yeah i I, just so you guys can see because it's it is hairy out there because you know to your point you made you said something earlier too as well something uh to the effect that um you know the the questionableness and whether or not there's going to if, if there's a question about police brutality i don't even think at this point anymore especially from a lot of the stuff that we're watching And you and I were talking about this beforehand, before we started the podcast, but we see where these people, as the videos are out, they're resharing the videos and they're specifically editing the videos down in such a way that they're removing sound Sound, or they're framing the Mm -hmm. video, They're, they're positioning the video in such a way so it will give the narrative they're trying to create. The narrative is not reality. The, the people are, Blamtifa is strategically maneuvering. They are organizing on social media platforms in order to do this. Twitter is one of the main areas where they're doing this, but they've been doing it as well on Facebook. You know, and the funny thing is if, you know, you use the wrong pronoun or misgender someone on uh, Twitter, you'll lose your spot permanently on Twitter however you can organize attacks against police officers on Twitter and that's okay
1: they're not hiding it there's no there's no inference to be made there's no conspiracy theory about it you go on Twitter type in pound uh, protest in my city okay and you'll, you know, there's going to be 48 graphics of what do you bring to a protest? And you're going to see this little mannequin or a person that's dressed up. Bring a gas mask if you can. Bring, you know, goggles to protect yourself from tear gas. Bring a helmet. Bring, you know, bring bring a club. And, and you go through and it's like the, these people are actively giving instructions on how to arm yourselves and prepare yourselves. Not for a protest, not for a demonstration, but combat, hand to hand combat. And when, when you see mm-hmm. people that are like, oh, bring a, you know, bring a tr- trash can cover as a shield. And, we, you know, we see, we see shields being used all over in protests now. You get the Proud Boys using a shield wall in Portland, uh, hold the line Spartan style. Uh, but, but you see that and you're seeing, I'm like, okay, you don't, you don't see tear gas deployed. And, and again, this is, this is the thing about these departments now, right? At, their ability to, to at, you use escalation of force now is under such a microscope, right? You are under such a microscope to be a police officer in this country right now that if you fart wrong and it's perceived to be gas, you're gonna get in trouble. So when you see tear gas deployed in the United States now or CS, or you see these paintball guns being deployed, right, that's at the point in time when the situation has turned into a fucking riot. It's no longer a demonstration, it's no, you're no longer chanting in a circle. And when that happens and you're on Twitter and you're saying like, hey man, make sure you bring your goggles for the, uh, so you, you don't get hit with the CS gas in your eyes. You know, make sure you bring a bucket with uh, water. You know, this is, you know, we learned this from our Hong Kong brothers and sisters on Twitter. And it's like, you guys Mm. are actively organizing and equipping an attack against police officers, against federal buildings, against government buildings, right, in your town. And not to mention the fallout of just, just, just wrecking your businesses, destroying cars, destroying personal life you know it, it not just not just that stuff when when you know that's that's whatever when i say it's whatever nobody is going to call out that unrest for what it is that just anarch that anarchy that is taking place in the street you know the media doesn't call it out we'll do it we know blam Tifa, we know how they're you know we know you know the things that are pulling their strings but um, you're not. You're not going to see that that loss of somebody's entire, you know, savings and you know somebody's entire life that they put into their business all of a sudden be shut down because it just got wrecked and looted. Nobody. Nobody feels for those people because you're just supposed to be quiet in the name of progress. Be quiet in the name of progress.
0: You. Well, that was one thing too. That was really crazy last night in uh, Wisconsin. I put it up on the. Uh, TV, FCKS, News, NWS, and there's a woman, it looks like she had a trophy shop there at Kenosha in the Central, and she's just standing there in front of it, and people are actually pouring water into her eyes, because she's trying to protect her store, because the people are running around and saying, attack the white businesses, and the woman's begging them. And you got to assume, too, I mean, looking at that area there, and this woman, she looked like she was in, like, her 60s, 70s, may have even been 80s, you know, she's old, and I, I was trying to imagine today this woman she started up this business years ago and there she is on this night and it's due to a man who all he had to do was listen and, and, and I get sometimes people are like oh what do I have to listen you know from everything we can see looking back on that the cops the from the videos that we've seen everything like that the cops handled it very well and they tried to work with this guy and because this guy did not want to cooperate with them because he wanted to put his children at risk, he wanted to put everyone else in the neighborhood at risk put the entire town at risk and now it's spreading across the country again and they've turned this into another martyr situation. They've taken a very bad person and put him up on a pedestal. I don't
1: I have no problem saying that. I'm, I'm shouting for mountaintops right now, and that's why, you know I'm passionate about coming out here and again, getting a little bit back to the tactics of it. understanding how fast a person can close distance within 15 feet with a knife. Most of you guys aren't drawing as fast, you know, from a holster or concealed, right? You cops are your great retention holsters and stuff that you got to deal with. Most of you guys are not going to draw and effectively fire and engage a suspect that's charging you that close, or is it within fifteen meters? I mean, it's it's a good amount of distance. Now, some of us, you know, we may spend a lot of time dry firing at home, or we might hit the range a lot, and you know, we might be able to get a you know sub second draw. But but the bottom line is is that finally wrapping up the, the little bit of tactics that I wanted to say. When you discount a person with a knife like that, you die. You will die, or your partner will die, or your friend will die, or your girlfriend will die. Somebody will be hurt or injured so badly and I've seen people die from stab wounds. It's not, it's fucking miserable. The point, the point is, is that don't let that person be in your, in, your, in your circle like that, in your bubble. Pull the trigger. Make distance if you have to, okay? So, at the end of the day, the reason why those cops had to pursue him around, around that was because of those children that were there and the fact that he was going to get in that vehicle either to drive it away as a moving weapon with children in the vehicle, or retrieve a weapon to fire against the police. You know, Retrieve a gun, not just a knife. So he's already used a, a knife against the cops or displayed it, right? So, shoot him. Keep that in the back of your mind. If you, if you come into a situation where you, where you see some of these crowds, if you see an edged weapon, make distance, right? But don't be caught with your gun in your holster. And that's the point I'm trying to get at. Don't be caught with your gun in your holster Shoot them. I would have shot them. I would have shot him yesterday. I probably would have shot him a lot faster than that cop did, and I think that cop's probably a fucking saint for waiting as long as he did. And I, and I, when I say that, when I say that, I mean that. I think that he, I think that he exercised extreme restraint, and I, I wish somebody would talk about that. And here, and here we.
0: But unfortunately. Unfortunately, you know, the, those that are trying to spread the propaganda, they're not concerned with that. All they're going to do is bring every way possible uh, negativity to that. And I, I, I sit here and I'm, 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 I'm kind of going through right now um, in, in Kenosha. I, I'm watching a white kid right now uh, putting gasoline on a garbage truck and setting it on fire. You know, uh, just the the pointless anarchy and chaos. And I think back to uh, Project Veritas when they first infiltrated uh, Bernie Sanders' campaign and then also infiltrated some of the different uh, Antifa uh, and Antifa-adjacent organizations like Resist Fascism. And these people said flat out if Bernie Sanders wasn't going to be made the candidate that they were going to burn everything down it was going to be milwaukee but they had already planned that back in the late winter early spring they were going to do this you know these these groups again are very well organized what they're doing and they don't just magically appear on these streets and these things happen it's like here in denver uh the other night uh the protesters in denver they decided that well, they were attacking all kinds of businesses, but uh, apparently or supposedly people pulled up in a van and were handing out shields to them. You know, the organization that it takes for people to to have the supplies coming out. You know, we've seen this in Portland as well, and I've heard about this going on in Virginia. I heard about this going on in New York City when the two lawyers in New York City were uh, making... Uh, the, here in New York City, they were, they were making their... Uh, Molotov cocktails and passing Molotov cocktails out to people early on in the riots. You know, across the country, these groups are very well organized, and they're doing these things for chaos. They, these people don't believe in the United States, and I think that's one thing that baffles people. They, they think that there's righteous uh, indignation in what they're doing, you know, they deserve to do this. no they want to overthrow our government and they've said that they've said that many times listen to these people when they talk they say that they want some form of a communist tyranny I mean what they're they're, they're not
1: hiding it's not you know obviously Veritas blows blows the whistle from these interior uh, investigations, but you could go on their website and you don't really have to read through the lines. You could you could just look at their mission statements and you don't have to read through the lines on what they want. Their, their, their ultimate objective, like it's not, I don't have to go pretend to be a lefty to go, you know, figure out what their intentions are. I could just pull up on Twitter and see who's got the most tweets and within 30, you know, thirty seconds of scrolling through, there's gonna be the mission statement that's, you know, the extremist mission statement. You're gonna go through and you're gonna find like, well, I mean, what what do we define as anti American anymore? Like I, I think that some of these communist and socialist Marxist principles
0: are pretty
1: anti American.
0: Well and and they've all come well not all, but the majority of them have come through our university system and our public education system and they've been indoctrinated into this, you know, back to some of the things that we've discussed but, you know, Lucky and I covered. The, the article that I reviewed on Saturday where teachers are saying that Joe Rogan, who supports Bernie Sanders, who supports Medicare, who supports universal basic income is considered by the teachers in our schools nowadays as being far right and as being one of the most destructive forces in the last decade that against critical That scares the shit pain. out of me. Exactly. These are the people who are teaching our kids and these are the people who are indoctrinating.
1: I mean, do they, do they not know how DMT works? I, uh, you know, the governor of Wisconsin is a lifetime educator. He is, uh, through and through a, uh, he was a, I think he was a, he went all the way from being an elementary school teacher. He got his PhD in education. I mean, he is just a teacher. That's what he's done. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, I was doing a little bit of deep dive on him. Uh, Tony Evers last night, right? Uh, did you. On this morning's episode, did you read his tweet or at least talk about it a little bit? Okay, I did talk about
0: it a little bit, but go ahead and talk about it, I mean, especially the end of the tweet because it starts out rather innocuous, but it definitely takes off. I don't uh, think it starts, I don't think it starts out innocuous because there, there, well, compared yeah, to the way it ends, very, I guess. There's
1: something very unique <laughs> here that I, I would like to I would like to point out because this situation, um, this black guy that got shot, is different than. George Floyd, and, so, and it's different than uh, that guy in Atlanta, right? Um, every situation's been different, but, but I think that this one was unique, right? Because you have the governor of, of a state t- tweeting something that's so incredibly inflammatory that in today's day and age, you must realize that when your senior elected official in your state tweets this, that there is going to be massive unrest. So this is what he says. He says, tonight, and this is, this is his tweet last night. Um, tonight, Jacob Blake was shot in the back multiple times in broad daylight in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay. Tonight, a man that was resisting, an armed man that was resisting arrest was shot trying to drive his van away with his kids in it. A man that was threatening police was shot. But but there's there's very interesting things here. I mean, you you look at it. Yeah, Kathy and I, my wife, we we, we hope that he doesn't die. Yeah, I hope he doesn't die either so this way he can get charged and we could have his trial, but continuing on. We don't have all the details yet, right? So yeah, okay, we, we do we do have some details, like he was fucking resisting arrest. He has a warrant out for his arrest for felony sexual assault. So like, there's some shit that as the governor of this fucking state, as the senior dude in that state, the senior elected official, the guy that's, you know, got the, you know, his state attorney general and he's got his, you know, state police captains and, you know, chiefs and, you know, that guy actually does have access to information, right? So you know, he knows that he's armed with a knife. He, he knew that before we did, you know. I mean, I, I watched the video. I'm sure he did. But he goes on and he says, hey, we don't we don't have all the details yet. Um, but we do know for certain that he is uh, not the first black man or person to have been shot or injured or mercilessly. Or or, yeah. Mercilessly. Killed at the hands of... <laughs> at the hands of individuals you. in law enforcement in our state or country. Okay. There is a yeah. lot of justification here for this shooting. And I and I mean when I say that I I examine this situation and I look at it, there's more justification here for this shooting than a lot that I've seen in the past. And I you know, you've seen the pretty you've seen some pretty bad cop shooting videos before, some guys that have exercised poor judgment. I mean, you watch this one, and you don't see, I I don't see any, again, again, I see no racism, I see no racist side, I see no police brutality, I see escalation of force, you know, an attempt to calm the situation down, I see ample opportunity, and then I see a man make a decision that could cost him his life, right? And the the governor, and the governor, and the governor says... And he immediately goes and says, we demand justice um, and we demand accountability for black lives in our country. Lives like those of George Floyd and Brianna Taylor, Tony Robinson, Dante Hamilton, Ernest Lacey and Sylvia Smith, I don't know who those, maybe they're Wisconsin uh, issues, but, so, so you go through this and I swear to God, I, I'm, I'm wondering if this dude has had this tweet drafted and he was just going to fill in a name at the top for when it happened. He has a blank tweet that says, tonight, you know, dude? blank, got shot in blank, and mm-hmm. we hope he's not dead, or like maybe he's got one, like, oh yeah, maybe he did die. Like, he's got this, this just social, it's, it's already ready to go, he just has to fill in the name when it happens, it doesn't matter the situation. And that's what I'm seeing, and, and this man is, again, an elected official that is inciting unrest in his state that is going to destroy businesses of his taxpayers, of the citizens that he has a duty to protect, and he does this, and he's not going to be held accountable for well, it. And I'm blown away.
0: Well, I think, though, dude, since Karunka has come out, whether it's here in Wisconsin or in uh, Michigan or in uh, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, a lot of California, a lot of these governors have shown a willingness to destroy their people for the cause right like they don't care if businesses die and they don't care how the businesses die at the end of the day they're fighting the good fight against orange man bad and i think one thing um you're talking about tweets here and i'd like to bring up a tweet too it's a tweet from uh sean king who we Mm -hmm. like to call martin luther cream and talcum x and Innumerable other things. And, and just so people know, because I've had people get upset about this. Sean King's a white guy that look tries to make himself no, look I like a black guy. With,
1: I sent him a 23 in yeah. me. He is 1% Congo, Congolese.
0: Northern <laughs> European for everything else. You know, uh, actually, uh, I think my mom uh, has something like uh Malawi or something like 1% in it. So. He and I are brothers, Best. apparently. Absolutely, almost. So that's so that's cool. I'll do a little fist tap with him. But back to uh, back to something he tweeted last night, and then this goes in line with what we were saying earlier. The willingness to provoke violence. Sean King said on Twitter last night, uh, "Nah." I'm not going to call for peace. We've tried peace for years. Y'all don't understand that language. We are calling for a complete dismantling of American policing. It's not broken. It was built to work this way. And mayhem is the consequence. You earned it. And remember too, Sean King's the same person who said that presentations of Christ as white should be destroyed and churches in general should be attacked he called that back and this did start happening um he has how many millions of followers does this guy have on on twitter too let's see he's got 1.1 million i know on instagram he ended up going private but he has over a million there as well this guy's got a big voice and i think too you know like we have a a decent sized audience and i know the audience responds to us and <laughs> our goal is to, we don't want to incite you. You know, our goal here is to try to, to teach everybody. And we want you to think for yourselves. But these people like this, it's, it's all a part of that establishment, like the governor there. They're, they're working in concert to destroy this country. And it was like uh, just a week ago, you and I, we were we had our podcast then. And the point that that book, I actually I read that last week too about the ongoing coup, but the, the important point here is that Obama in the sphere of Obama has made it very, very clear to all of us that if they don't get power back, if they don't get to fundamentally change the country as was supposed to happen underneath Hillary, if Joe Biden doesn't get that, the violence is only gonna get worse. And this is this is like being held hostage or being in a toxic relationship, you know? They're they're going to continue to do things to wreak havoc on this country. And I don't know where this goes because you know, you and I have had this discussion previously. We are so on edge of some kind of a civil conflict breaking out. And you know, looking at last night, the guy at the Kenosha APC fired three rounds at it. And I saw people walking around tonight brandishing uh, some yeah. ARs. And let's, I this, mean, let's
1: define it for what it is. I, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to read it out loud. Webster's Dictionary. Terrorism is the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims. Now, it's, it's clearly defined. We know, you know, when we throw that term around, the mechanism that these organizations use is terrorism. And it's terrorism that's taking place, and you know, like, you know, our battle space, our battle space is on social media, and our battle space is now, you know, through this podcast and, you know, sharing this message, creating a meme, letting it go somewhere. You know, we, we have whatever our, our followers are, you know, 100,000 or whatever followers between our platforms, right? If they can go out and talk to people and say, like, hey, man, these people are fucking terrorists. Like, that's, that's what, the, what is the definition of terrorism? It's the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political gain. And, and, and here we are on the street saying, like, hey, no peace no justice, no peace, and I'm like, okay, well, what, what's the definition of no peace? You're, you're in my neighborhood burning my neighborhood down, or you're, you're at my police station you know, burning my police station down, or you're hitting a cop with a brick in the head, you know? And now, now we're seeing that intimidation, and, and if it, it, it's tying all the way back to Obama, it's clear that this really is not, this really isn't the definition of liberty. This is un-American. You know, we don't settle our arguments by fighting in the street. That's not what we do, and and not with this political system. But now when you have these groups that are coming together that are saying, like, hey, you're going to give us whatever the fuck we want, or else we're just going to wreck shit. That's terrorism. And people are dying. People are going to die. And more people are going to die from the fallout of this, too, when they're they're despondent, when they've they've lost their business, when they can't feed their families. You know, this is – there is ramifications – third and and fourth order effects that are down the road from this in family life that, that is going to be long lasting and it is spiraling out of control. I'm watching it in my street right now as we're
0: making this podcast. Well I think there was something you know me doing probably a daily tomorrow I was going to talk about maybe we'll have more to talk about this but I think it's worth talking about now because of where we've gone with this I don't know if you saw what Pelosi did on MSNBC today, but Pelosi said, one thing I'll say to the American people, don't pay attention to Donald Trump, it's his goal to scare people from voting, to intimidate them by saying he's going to have law enforcement people at the polls, to welcome, in fact, Russia intervention into our election, letting Putin decide who will be president instead of the American people, but ignore him because his purpose is to diminish the vote, to suppress the vote. She goes on to to talk about the Republicans, she talks about Russia again, even though Russia was proven to not have cooperated or worked with the Trump campaign and they spent like $110,000 on really bad votes and crappy shit. But this is what's really, really interesting here because I think what's important If you're in a bad relationship with somebody and they're accusing you of cheating, often they're the ones cheating. So think about what I've just said as I read this. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and honoring our Constitution are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. But again... Let's just go out there and mobilize, organize, and not let the president deter anybody from voting. And again, support the postal system, which is Election Central. (laughs) I'm almost done here. It's, It's insane. They're doing everything they can. Suppress the vote with their actions. Scare people. Intimidate by saying law enforcement will be there. Diminish the role of the postal system all then. It's shameful. Enemies of the state. don't know if they know what that means well because they yeah I know but this is this is the rhetoric the level of rhetoric from these people and you know what it really I think it comes down to is there's so many criminals who are members of our government and they're trying to protect themselves because John Durham is starting to pick them off he interviewed Brennan for eight hours on Friday He had Mm Kleinsmith, who was the attorney who changed official documents for FISA, admit to his guilt and as part of his admitting to guilt, he's going to be sentenced in December. From now until December, he's cooperating with them. He's given indication that there's a lot more here. Now, you also know that he was with Brennan. So I think there's some interesting things going on, and I think what we have here is such a level of kleptocracy between the rhinos and the Democrats. They want to keep the system the way they are because they have bled countries dry, whether they're getting money from China, whether they're getting money from the Ukraine, whether they're getting money from Romania and any number of other countries across the world where they're fleecing these countries all in the name of some kind of working with the United States where they they're just ripping these these countries off. They want to protect that system and even the system here in the United States that we've got with lobbying. This is a cash cow for many of them and for the constituents.
1: Well, there you know one of one of the mechanisms that they're going to use to do this is this divide this divide and conquer this racial divide along racial lines in this country. And, absolutely. The, and, and it's one and it's, absolutely. it's so absolutely it's so very easy, and, and, I, and I, I wish, you know, maybe we should not give him the password, but maybe we should recruit a, a hyper-progressive person to PBF <laughs> and see if we could talk with them and ask them if they see what is happening from a thousand-foot perspective as somebody that maybe doesn't have any skin in the game. Can, Can Americans realize that they are being manipulated on a daily basis along racial lines in in one of the greatest propaganda campaigns in history? And the reason why I say in history, why this propaganda is so effective, is that every single American has access to the ability to do research on a topic like never before when you open up your phone and go on the internet in your pocket you literally have the entire world's encyclopedia at your fingertips if you need to find something out about a language a foreign language if you need to translate something if you need to do a math equation if you need to find out what the you know the composition of you know X Y or Z is you can do it and and this campaign that is taking place is Ripping our country apart from the inside, and it's wonderful mechanism that they are using to keep their system in place, or attempt to get to regain power. And I wanna, I, I wish there was a way we could reach out and say, like, listen, guys, like this is, you know, I, when I say when I, I when I say you people, I'm not saying like you people, I'm saying Americans. You,
0: exactly. <laughs> what do you but mean, like, you people? You realize your
1: guys' <laughs> movements are you know they've been hijacked by these people that don't give a flying fuck about you and they're manipulating the shit out of you they don't care they want you to do this if we could if you could watch the governor of a state basically say like hey man like i want you guys to go out there and fuck shit up go fuck shit up tonight you got permission to do it because i'm the governor and i just said that what happened is really fucked up and we need to go do something about it, you know? Like, obviously paraphrasing, but but you know, when, when you're getting that from your senior <laughs> leadership and it's basically like the okay, they're like, oh shit, we're the governor just tweeted that this was fucked up, so let's go destroy our city tonight. And that's, you know, th- this, this feeling and this hatred, they're cultivating this, they're exploiting it, right? And, and it's so effective, and, and the reason why I say it's so effective is because coming back, like this was a justified shooting. This was a justified shooting. I'm gonna say it again. That's a justified shooting. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like it. It sucks to watch it. It happens to people of all races, but it's a justified shooting and it's being used to manipulate the country. It's another, it's just another example. And it, it ultimately ties back to them. It ultimately ties back to the media, knowing the fact that they could do their like two second news blurb. Open up Google. I use DuckDuckGo, but I like to go to Google just to just see what the enemy's doing, right? Open up Google and type in, you know, uh, Kenosha shooting last night. Every single, every single article is like either unarmed black man. Well, we, we know that that's not true. Um, we could clearly see that he has a knife on him. We could clearly see, you know, this, this level of escalation of force. It's not a, uh, a wristwatch. Um, now what we don't know is if he had a gun in the car or not, or what he was gonna do when he got in there, but either way, neither did that officer, right? So when you reach a point in time, yes. you go through you go on Google now, and it's just like, boom. Like the, the, there was another, there was this another egregious action against uh, a person of color, just based off of his color, according to these news results. And you go through and you swipe, and just you, you're not going to be able to. You have to obviously know where to go to get the data. But but why it's great? Why is that great propaganda? It's great propaganda because you could watch the video yourself, and it's not very difficult to interpret the video. And nobody, and nobody in this country from quote unquote the other side is saying like, hey, you guys need to respect the police officer. If anything, if, if you are feeling like you are being targeted by a police officer for your race, you should probably do everything that he fucking says so you don't get shot. And this way you could handle it in a civil case and win millions of fucking dollars. You know, get that, get that videotape, but don't pull out a knife, follow, you know, you know what I mean? If you actually do believe that you're being targeted by race and I, obviously I don't, you know, um, some demographics for me, I'm, I'm a white guy. Okay. You know, it's a podcast. You don't know that, but I guess maybe there could be a reasonable (laughs) assumption. So I don't, I don't always know. I've been in, I've, I've been in some very racially charged situations before, but it's never been in America and it's always been because I'm white. And that's obviously not the same feeling, but if if that's the case, if I' am being targeted because of my race, if that is really true, then maybe I should comply with what the guy with the fucking gun is telling me to do, and then maybe i should i should I should fight it in court, you know I, I think maybe somebody should come out from. BLM and say like, "Hey guys, don't pull a knife on a cop. Don't pull a gun on a cop. If you're resisting arrest, don't continue to resist arrest." Nobody says that. You're like, "Oh, the cops racist." Well, I mean, if that's if that's the case, we got to hunt these cops down by the way. And when I say hunt them down, not literally hunt them down, but but I mean if there is such a racial issue in this country with police, we need to we need to get rid of, the, you know, those those people. They don't need to be Absolutely, yeah root hundred percent, I think everybody's for that everybody you know everybody's like hey we, we don't need that, but but hey don't don't resist arrest, don't pull a knife on a cop, don't go do your own thing in, in in these situations, and I'm very curious to see if drugs or alcohol are involved again, we don't know that um that plays a lot in many situations um i've had an alcohol related incident once in my life. You know, like I think other people have. People know what that is. You know, drugs and alcohol make you do weird shit. Um, and sometimes they make you feel a little bit braver around cops than you actually are. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. A little so, but, liquid courage but, but there. That's the point. It's like, hey, this, video's, this video is 100% clear. This isn't a George Floyd clip where all you see is a guy getting his, his neck nailed on and you have no context. Like, you watch the whole thing. Obviously, they're now manipulating the video. They're only playing the part where he gets shot in the back. You you lack that context, but now you you just go go on a website and you know, there's a couple out there that have the other the other angle. Like he's on the ground, he's fighting the cops. There's children. His children are running around, or somebody's children in the neighborhood are all over the place. I mean, you could go watch it yourself and and stand up and say like, hey. Um, justified, this is a justified shooting, and I, I don't support rioting, and I don't support BLM coming to my city. I don't support it. I am very much against racist cops, but I don't support this Marxist movement coming to, to wreck my city in the name of division. BLM is a divide, it, it, it is 100% a form of segregation. I mean, that, that we haven't seen since desegregation. It, it's, it's wild. It, 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 it should not have to, it should not exist. It should not have to exist in America today, but it, it's that we're pushing down these racial lines and, and wrecking us from the inside. And our, and our enemies overseas are licking their lips. They love it. They love seeing it. And the Democrats are licking their lips and they love seeing it. They love this unrest. They love it. They need it. LeBron James has 47 million followers on Twitter. Okay? I don't know how many Nancy Pelosi has. I bet you LeBron James... How many many Twitter followers does Nancy Pelosi have? When you talk about somebody that has influence. Um, Let's see. King James, 47 million. Nancy Pelosi.
0: Five. She's got 568,000. So,
1: speaker... Oh, she's got two Twitters. Yeah, so she's got her Californian one, and she has Speaker Pelosi. Speaker Pelosi has 5.1 million followers on Twitter, okay? So when we're talking about influence and where people go to get their news and their viewpoints, she has 5.1 million followers on Twitter. LeBron James has 47 million. Look at what Americans concentrate on. Look at what, what Americans look at. And LeBron James is saying that this shooting was unjustified and that we need, we need justice for this shooting. He tweets it out, that's what he tweets. 47 million people read that, that follow him. And that spawned, you know, if that comes from a man that they, that they idolize, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's got 5 million followers. I think that's a lot, you know? That's a lot of
0: people. Well, well it's interesting too. What's interesting, too, about him is he'll, he'll constantly talk about all the bad things in this country, but he'll be damned if he says anything that might offend the Chinese. That's just, it's one of those interesting little well, things the of the world. He's where He's got to do what the NBA tells him to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, what the Chinese tell the NBA exactly. to do. <laughs> like that guy, that guy in Houston that uh, tweeted his support of the Houston Rockets, and then he had to apologize to China for uh, having said that.
1: You know, it, it's what, what wild times we live in. Um, quick recap, 21 feet is the, is the, the measure distance of what an average person can cover with an edged weapon before somebody can draw and fire their handgun, right? Um, that's the that's the age-old, you know. Before I was talking about it, there's a 21 foot rule. That's a lot of, when you when you go and draw that down on the range. Uh, those of you that have those of you that have shot uh, pro- probably will look at that and be like, damn, that's that's pretty damn far. Uh, that's how that's how quickly somebody can close that distance before you could get your gun out of your holster and shoot them. And that's, that's you know, a very basic rule of averages. That's not an athlete doing that, right? So that's what I, wanna, I wanted to touch I on that just a little bit for tactics. Keep that in the back of your mind, especially when you see an edged weapon. Um, number two, I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating more riots. I'm sure you are. I mean, we're, so, oh, yeah. we're seeing demonstrations. Yeah, dude, I, we're seeing them organize again on Twitter. Um, but, and I'm, I'm watching uh, one right now. But maintain your personal security, distance. Don't get involved don't get involved in a dynamic situation that that's avoidable. Don't don't get don't get pulled into one of these things. I I understand the idea of the Proud Boys and, and those of you that want to go up to Portland and fight back. Um I got a little bit of personal enjoyment out of watching some of those guys with the shield wall, the little uh, Roman phalanx that they had up there. They were marching around, you know, trading jab. They were trading jabs <laughs> with Antifa, you know, this this wonderful Teutonic knight thing where they had a, you know, some sort of spear come over. It, it, was, it was cool to see it, but, but again, I don't see that doing anything.
0: Um, no, it... it- it doesn't, and I think it honestly, because you'll, you'll hear from people sometimes, Well, at least, they're, at least they're out there doing something. What are they doing? What are they accomplishing? I just see that as a, a, a minor escalation that can easily turn, turn into to, something ugly. Turn
1: into something that you're probably not prepared for if you're in that situation. If you put yourself in that situation, you're probably not prepared for what the ultimate fallout could be right then and there and i think that it's important that you know us as americans i think that it's very important that we're training right a lot of our, yes. lot of our followers are military I'm sure we got plenty of cops i know we have a lot of boogaloo boys in there i love talking to you i love talking to you guys <laughs> and comments all the time
0: ooga booga <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but going out there and you know putting on a you know a little suit with knee pads to go fight antifa take that time go to the range figure out you know what what's your effective draw draw distance you know to effectively shoot somebody um, take a look at the personal your personal security plan in your damn and your damn city and your town i hate to be having this conversation in america but if you are living in an area where there might be a protest what are you going to do to get out of there you know what what are what are you going to do to defend yourself defend your family absolutely that should be a consideration that people are now talking about we're going on months of protests absolute anarchy and the more we see these little sparks come up in the country and then you watch you know democrats throw gasoline on the fire right when you see that be prepared for it It's my little, my my little good heart. I I think that it's important. I think that it's, you know, don't rest on what you did in the military if you're out. Don't, don't rest on, you know, you know, you're a badass in 04. Uh, Probably not, probably, (laughs) probably haven't done any advanced skills in a while, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think one of the things too that's important, because I saw this earlier, I don't know if I sent you the video, it's up on our telegram, there's an older guy, he's driving some kind of a Ford V8, it looks like, and trying to get into a gas station, and suddenly this group of people called themselves protesters, and they're announcing that this elderly gentleman that they stood in front of his vehicle, that, they were try- that he was trying to kill them, when he was just trying to get gas. You know what, man? Uh, don't get out of your vehicle, because I saw that again on his vehicle. I don't know what the follow-up was. Don't get out of your vehicle. And if you've got people like that at a gas station you need to get gas, I bet there's another gas station on the other corner or just another couple blocks away. It's not worth it. It's just not worth putting yourself in that situation. I, and just in any circumstance. I, like you now, know, and, right now.
1: and the way that the media will paint it is alt-right. Alt-right.
0: Alt-right. Oh! oh. You know what let me say something about all right you know who richard Mm -hmm. spencer is right richard spencer no joke came out today and endorsed joe biden and this is not a trolley type of thing as well because this guy for some time has been saying that he is not happy with what trump's done now if you tie that together with all the racial identity stuff that the Democrats are getting behind whether it's white fragility or pushing Blam Tifa out there and all this stuff. It actually kind of makes sense. Hmm.
1: Well, maybe he just
0: uh, maybe it's reverse psychology. <laughs> no, you know I thought that, but honestly, but honestly, dude, no, because I remember for a couple of years now if he's been complaining about if Trump.
1: If you guys don't know who he is, yeah. uh, he is. Um, He's one of those neo-Nazi dudes that's really big into the white identity. He hates Jews. He's a conspiracy theorist. Um, again, when we talk about people that you know have a platform, you know, and uh, a platform built on hate, I'm trying to Google him right. Oh, sh- I didn't even realize he has a PhD from Duke University. Holy, holy crap! I didn't oh know yeah. That.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what, too? He fully supports socialism. I saw Dinesh D'Souza interview him in the, the movie Dinesh D'Souza did a couple years ago. And he fully stands behind socialism. So you look at the identity stuff that the Democrats are doing, and you look at socialism. It's like right up his alley. He thinks that what they're offering is the best thing out there for us. Well,. It's not,
1: and it doesn't work. No, <laughs> Oh,
0: no. yeah, 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 just, just, just to be clear. Just to be clear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just to be clear, I'm, I'm going to agree with Nat G here, uh, and, and if that wasn't clear ahead of time, my laughing at the circumstance, one how of my everything's favorite, come together.
1: One of my favorite talking points that I love to discuss with young, idolistic people... Uh, Talk about universal health care. And, you know, health care is a human right. And socialized, we need socialized health care. And, you know, it should just be, you know, you shouldn't have to pay for it. And and all these different, you know, facets to it. And I see a lot of these people, a lot of these activists that are calling for this shit are people that used to be in the military. And I, if, what, what blows my no, mind is that when I see these young, like former, you know, former military activists, like I was, I'm a vet, I'm a vet, because that's the first thing that gets thrown around, you know, like I'm a, I'm a vet or I'm an Iraq vet. Yeah, well, you put a bomb on a Harrier on an airfield, like you're in Iraq, I guess everybody's an Iraq vet, you know, but, but the point I'm trying to get at is, is the second you ask that person about their medical um, care in the military, and the, in the federal government, um, it's a microcosm of the country that the military, is, you know, population-wise, is very small. And when you ask them about their healthcare that they had in the military, you get universal negative reviews. My healthcare sucked. My healthcare sucked. Yeah. It takes me three months yeah. to get an MRI. It took me two months to get a CAT scan. I couldn't go see a specialist for X, Y, and Z. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And I'm like, listen. You want the federal government to provide you health care. You already had them do that for you. <laughs> you complain about the VA, right? People complain, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I'm like, and in the same sentence, in the same exact sentence, you've experienced that socialized health care and how poorly that actually works, right? And and how <laughs> it's detrimented your life and how it's physically hurt you. And in that same sentence, you're like hey, we need universal health care. And it's, and it's just it's mind-blowing to me. Again, it's like, are you drinking dumb fuck juice? I'm not, you know, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a progressive. I'm a common sense dude that's saying like, okay, this is what the federal government's run for universal health care. And you've experienced it, and I've experienced it, and it sucks. And it sucks real bad. And we fucking complain about it all the time. <coughs> so why do you want more of it? And they just, and, then, and they'll go on. It's a little,
0: it's a, a little, it's, well, a dude, little it's just topic, it's just it's, it's. I a, see this, oh, it's
1: these, these military cats.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit of an NPC type mode yeah. that you find. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's time. Let's go ahead and wind this down. I've had a, enough podcasting for the day, I'll yeah, be honest you've with done you. you <laughs> Hey, uh, if
1: you're in our comments calling for violence against, against cops, um, get fucked. Get it, get get off our page. I'm not, I'm not deleting you because I like, I like, uh, I stand behind the things I say on the internet, and I'm prepared to answer for them at all times, no matter where I am. Okay, um, but I'm just, it's, it's just something like, it. if you're calling for violence against cops in our comment section, um, you need to do some soul searching. Okay, that's it. That's what I got.
0: Yeah, it seems like that's the. Uh the sort of hip libertarian boogaloo anarchistic kind of thing to cheer on death to the cops or something but hey uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this a little bit more of a deep dive on this this is pbf podcast number 11 and we are out